When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, a gray, rainy, kind of glum type of day weather-wise in the city of Edmonton. And you can describe that feeling over the University of Alberta Athletic Department because just nine days ago, they canceled the fall semester. So they canceled university football, men's and women's soccer, field hockey, and uh, and more. Today, the U of A suspended participation for 16 sports for the 2020-2021 season, citing financial reasons. So men's and women's hockey, gone for this year. Men's and women's basketball, gone. And men's and women's volleyball, Gone. Ian Reed, athletic director for the Golden Bears and Pandas Athletics, says it cuts to the campus Alberta grant the government of uh, the Alberta government's requirement that universities balance their budget and reduce expenditures and a reduction of student fees uh, combined for a worst case scenario. So the university has said to Canada West, go ahead and make a schedule. But you wonder how they can do that because other universities in the province have the same issues with cuts. And will there be a Canada West at all this season? That is a big, big question. So we'll have Ian Reid on the show just after 7.30 tonight. It's Dave Campbell in for Reid Wilkins tonight, tomorrow, and on Friday. Reid back on Monday, 6.05, two-hour edition of Inside Sports Returns, or as I'd like to say, that's the plan because we're in a COVID-19 pandemic and who knows what could happen. Other uh, items to hit on quickly here. The WHL will host a... uh, a conference or a news conference tomorrow through uh, through a uh, I believe Zoom or some type of video technology. That's um, COVID nineteen technology. There you go. Uh, they're planning on they'll announce that they're planning on a October second return. We could have Major League Baseball this summer fall, and hopefully some people will care about it um, because it's been pretty ugly folks, but apparently today, well, it's been reported today, commissioner Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner and the MLBPA uh, executive director, Tony Clark met in Arizona and have a framework on a deal for a 60 game schedule in 70 days, a season starting around July 19th, 20th, full prorated salary, expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021 from 10 to 16 waiving of any potential grievance. Also, DH in the National League for the next two years. Well, let's start with this story. And man, it's been, uh, as the world turns in Buffalo, it's been quite the soap opera. Edmonton used to be the black hole of the National Hockey League for, for a while. It doesn't seem to be that way anymore. But go to Buffalo, where they fire yet another general manager, another executive and Tim and uh, Kim and Terry Pegula are not very popular. Here's a question from Mike Harrington, who uh, is their radio beat reporter in Buffalo. And you can sense the venom in his voice. Mike Harrington, Buffalo News here. Um, the question is mostly 
for Kim. As John Morrow talked about, you certainly made a change here in these three weeks. Do you regret your statement? And secondly, and two other quick points, do you regret that answer? Secondly, why another first-time GM when that route has failed you twice? And lastly, ultimately, why should anyone have faith in you as the team president, given the way every virtual, every former employee, whether it's a coach, a GM, an executive, or another worker points to your scattershot leadership as the number one problem in this organization. Who? Back in the Fagula's off the plate big time as we bring in Marty Biron, former NHL goaltender and also a studio analyst on MSG Network for Buffalo Sabres games. Uh, Marty, nice to have you back on Inside Sports. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Dave. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Buffalo weather-wise, but I know it's been dark and gloom the last couple of days uh, for our organization. So it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, a tough time for a lot of people. But, you know, Terry and Kim and, and now Kevin Adams and Ralph Kruger and everybody's trying to find a winning recipe, right? And that's, that's yeah. what this is all about. This is not about, like, hey, we just want to fire people and, we get a kick out of it. It's about trying to find a winning recipe. And it's not easy in a very competitive uh, uh, NHL now. So they're, they're trying. So in this particular case, and by the way, I didn't play the answer from Kim Pagula because it was a pretty standard answer. Look, we're, we're, we love Buffalo. We love the Sabres. We're doing our best. We're trying to find a winning formula. Uh, but here we are with, uh, with another GM fired. That's six head coaches, three GMs, four presidents under this regime for nine seasons under this ownership of Terry and Kim Pagula. But in this situation here, Marty, why did it, did it not work with Jason Botterill other than the obvious is that no winning hockey and the fact that they haven't made the playoffs under his regime? Well, I'll tell you this. First of all, Jason Botterill is a former teammate of mine, and I, I love the guy. He's, he's a bright hockey mind, absolutely uh, does his homework, studies the game, studies the players, uh, great evaluation of talent. Uh, you know, where he, where Bot had some issues, one, he's not the best communicator. So, you know, if you're losing and then you're put in front of the cameras and you don't really have a, the best way to communicate, that's, that's going to make it worse through the members of the media, their interpretation, social media, the fans and all of that. And two, you know, he really tried early on and he made a big move in the Ryan O'Reilly trade to St. Louis. I still to this day don't think it's the worst trade in the history of hockey. He was trying to make the organization better. But I think it affected him in a little bit of maybe he was hesitant, maybe he was too cautious. He still made some good trades, but he really did not take big steps forward in the last two years with the roster and and the roster's got some big holes especially at the forward position so you know when you keep going lateral and you don't go forward and you don't put a different roster on the ice and you don't fill up the holes uh and the same questions come year after year is are you going to trade risk the line and are you going to find a second line center are you going to find some depth at forward to help jack eichel um you know those those have to be answered at some point so i think that's that's probably what it came down to in the end and, you know, I know the Pagulas are getting hammered here by 
you know, Buffalo media, especially the fan base, by the way, if you, uh, this is to the listeners. If you want to hear, uh, anger from a fan, uh, just, just Google Buffalo Sabres fan, Dwayne, and just go for it. I'm not going to play it here because a lot of it is kind of, he's upset, but it's a lot of loud nonsense. And I think that this is plays into the, uh, to, to the question I want to, and the point I want to make to you, Marty, is that, um, the nonsense from, I guess the outside and, and we have gone through it here in Edmonton. I mean, my goodness, uh, we went through a, a terrible stretch yeah. and, and there was a lot of people mad at the owner, Daryl Cates, a lot of people mad at Kevin Lowe, a lot of people mad at Craig McTavish, a lot of people mad, even at Peter Shirelli, um, at coaches, at, you know, presidents, uh, there's been people mad at Bob Nicholson. Um, how much of that is, legitimate and how much of that is just like i say noise well you gotta win right and that's the big thing so when you win yeah. uh the noise seems to go away and you look at edmonton right now you're winning the, the noise going away you've got you know still some issues uh with the team and in the roster and some of the the things that you're trying to build when you try to build a winner but when you have 24 teams returning to play here in the next month or so, month and a half, and the Buffalo Sabres are not part of those 24 teams, now the noise is going to be even louder because you couldn't make the top 24. And they were really close. Listen, some would argue that the Sabres uh, had as much of a chance or deserved as much as a chance as the Montreal Canadiens and possibly the Chicago Blackhawks to be in there. Right. But... And then they were 25th and they didn't make the cut. So, yes, there's a lot of noise. And, yes, a lot of the noise has been self-inflicted at times. But I I always go back to the it's not for a lack of trying. And, you know, if if Terry and and Kim Pagula, there was an article by Tim Graham in The Athletic maybe a couple of months ago. Maybe it was even before the, the pandemic. And... And Kim talks about how she's going to surround herself and her and Terry are going to surround themselves with people that they really trust, that they've gotten burned by taking advices from different people and their personnel. And, you know, when that happens, you become very, very, very protective of what you've got. And as soon as something goes sideways a little bit, you're, you're more inclined to want a change. And, you know, they've done it with the football side. They had Rex Ryan there. They've had many different big personalities, different people there. And then they finally found it when they hired Sean McDermott as a coach. About a year later, they fired their general manager, Doug Whaley, and hired Brendan Bean. Sean McDermott and Brendan Bean are, are, are a unit. They work together. Um, you know, it's, yes, it's a general manager and a coach, but they make personnel decision that together they let go of all their scouts on the football side like the football operation side completely was revamped and now the bills are good and i think the pagulas are looking at this saying the football model and what we tried to do on the football side worked let's give that a shot to the hockey side and and really i i, I don't think it's a crazy idea to think kevin adams is a really trusted person with the Pagula, he's been working for them uh, the better part of the last 10 years, and he's earned their trust. And Ralph Kruger, you guys know in Edmonton, extremely smart, extremely um, well thought of 
uh, person, if Ralph and Kevin can work together and have the same impact that Sean McDermott and Brendan Bean have had for the Buffalo Bills, then you're winning and then you're moving forward. And that's what they're trying to do. Marty Biron joining us here on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Marty, former NHL goaltender and also uh, right now a currently studio analyst for the Buffalo Sabres broadcast on MSG Network. Yeah, I was going to bring up Ralph Kruger to you and how key he could be uh, in this uh, scenario with uh, with the Sabres and with the Peculas and moving this forward. Uh, Ralph, is he makes smart uh, <laughs> if you look up smart in the dictionary, he's right beside it. And, and there's probably a couple paragraphs under it. He, he is a well-read man. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I think that, you know, he would have had a lot of success in, in, uh, uh, in Edmonton. But again, like when the Edmonton Oilers made a change at Joe Madger, and I think it was McTee that came in and decided yep. to, to let go of Ralph Kruger you know, usually a new general manager comes in and the coaches are like, ah, my job is, is not safe. But when you look at Ralph's input and involvement and influence in even yesterday's Zoom press conference, you have the owners that are on the call. You have Kevin Adams, newly appointed general manager, and you have Ralph Kruger, head coach, on the call as well. That's very rare that you see that for a general manager's press conference. So, again, it tells you how much of an influence Ralph is going to have building the culture, building the roster, moving this this team forward. He's had a year to really take, uh, take in and evaluate the whole team. Now he'll be able to have his input. Um, not that he wouldn't have had it with Jason Bottrell, but, you know, this will allow him to really feel like this is a, a partnership and they're moving together. Marty, as we uh, finish up here, and we really appreciate your time. Of course, we are angling towards a return to the National Hockey League Phase 3 of the Return to Play Protocol, which is full training camps are scheduled for July the 10th, given that uh, the, the teams in their areas can have the uh, blessing from their local health authorities. Uh, I know there, when the uh, announcement was made here a few weeks ago, there was uh, Oiler fans that went, so our playoff chances went from 96% or 98% to 50 now that we have to play the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know the Penguins are probably <laughs> saying the same thing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams saying the same thing. And, and the biggest benefactors, you already mentioned them, are the, are the Hawks and the Canadians because they got a chance to make a, a big upset, make noise, go to the playoffs. But overall, what, what's your thought on the, on the, on the return to play protocol, the, the 24 teams and, uh, you know, it's not going to be a normal circumstance, obviously, because we're not going to see fans, uh, at least to start or if at all. But, uh, man, I mean, I, I think we want to see hockey, but at the same time, there's 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 a, a little bit of strangeness to this, too. I, I love it. I, I think it's great. You know, when the pandemic hit and the, the NHL went on pause, I put out a tweet saying maybe we should have a tournament-style, uh, you know, event in September and then to launch the new season, award a Stanley Cup winner in September and then start again in October. Obviously, things have changed, but I love it. And really, I, I look at the way that what the Oilers are going to have to do. I have no problem seeing the Oilers completely uh, beat Chicago. I think for me, that's, that's not even a question. And really, the only two teams out west that I figure could be a challenge for the Oilers are the Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. The Avalanche and the Blues separated themselves uh, from the pack, but the Oilers are right in the middle of it. 
I wouldn't be, like, worried if I was an Oilers fan. I wouldn't lose any sleep on, well, you know, we may not make the playoffs. Uh, we, we were going to face Chicago. And I, I think the Oilers are a fantastic hockey club. Uh, they've got two of the best players in the National Hockey League. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I, I can't wait for hockey to be back. I can't wait for the play-ins and then the playoffs and, and all of it. Um, I miss the game, and, and really, here in Buffalo, we're not going to get NHL hockey until possibly December or January. So listen, um, you know, people of Edmonton, enjoy hockey in August and September because, uh, you know, you could be in a different situation like we are here in Buffalo, and that's, that's not going to be fun. Nope, that's for sure. Marty, thanks for your time as always. We love having you on the show. Uh, take care. Uh, all the best to you, you and your family. Stay healthy and safe. And, uh, yeah, let's let's look forward to the NHL return. Absolutely. You guys stay safe and healthy, and we'll talk to you later. You bet. Marty Biron, former NHL goaltender, also a current studio analyst for Buffalo Sabres Hockey on MSG Network. As the Sabres make another change, it's been a lot of changes in the nine seasons under the Pagula's ownership, but Jason Botterill fired yesterday. Kevin Adams promoted within the organization. He's a former NHL player and a, a pretty good uh, uh, utility player in the league as well. He's been uh, elevated to uh, the general manager, the fourth GM under the Pagula's, who've also had six head coaches and three presidents. So uh, they're trying to find stability, according to, to Marty. But man, it's uh, you know the, the 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 path to stability and to winning is not an easy one, and we've seen it here in Edmonton. We've seen instability here as well. So uh, hopefully they can get it righted in Buffalo because they got a pretty good hockey player, uh, a lot of good young hockey players led by Jack Eichel. It is seven twenty-three. Back with more in a moment. It's the same if you want to call in or text. It's seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So uh, whatever, if you're compelled to uh, text in something, give me a call as well. Yeah, there you go. There's the one number. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight, tomorrow, and on Friday. When we come back from the uh, news break, a tough day for the U of A. Uh, some might see it as a controversial decision, but the 2020-2021 season has been turfed. We'll be joined by Ian Reed in a moment. office converted into a studio now at the Campbell residence. It's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight, tomorrow, and Friday. Reed will be back on Monday where we anticipate a two-hour format returning at 6.05 uh, with Reed in the big chair from his home office in his second bedroom upstairs. Of course, we uh, last week meant 50,000 votes for the Edmonton Oilers all-time all-Stars, and the results have been coming in this week. On Monday, we announced that Glenn Sather's been voted as the All-Star all-time coach. The uh, goalies, Grant Fjord and Bill Ranford, and we can unveil the defenseman right now. Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe, Chris Pronger, and Charlie Huddy. Paul Coffey with 25% of the votes. Kevin Lowe had 18%, while Pronger and Huddy came in with 13%. And Coffey, what an amazing 
amazing defender, and he could score. He scored 48 goals in 85-86. That's still a record for most goals by a season by a defenseman. Won two Norris trophies, three Stanley Cup championships. Coffey and Bobby Orr remain the only defenseman to ever post over 110 points in a season. Coffey did that four times. Kevin Lowe, tough as nails. Uh, team's first ever draft pick, decent point producer, best remembered for uh, his uh, ruggedness, leadership, sacrifice. Stalwart on all five championship teams, won the King Clancy Memorial Trophy in 1990 for leadership and humanitarian work. Only one year here for Chris Pronger, but what a year it was. 56 points in 80 games. And in the playoffs, he played almost 31 minutes a night, had 21 points in 24 games. And Charlie Huddy, just steady, uh, went to a couple of all-star games, a couple of Canada Cups, scored 20 goals in 82-83, tied Wayne Gretzky for the lead league in plus-minus at plus 61, finished sixth in voting for the Hart or for the Norris Trophy on two occasions, had 113 power play points with the Oilers, second most in franchise history behind Paul Coffey. So there are your all-time all-star Oilers defensemen, Kevin Lowe, Paul Coffey, Chris Pronger, and Charlie Huddy. Well, a, a sad day for the U of A Golden Bears uh, athletic program. Uh, we found out nine days ago that the fall semester uh, was scrapped uh, because of basically COVID-19 took a lot of funding away from the school with, uh, we talked to Chris Morris about it, the head football coach for the U of A that uh, without the school fees and without fundraising, it was hard to uh, go on. Well, the hope was to play uh, shortened seasons for hockey, for both men and women, same for basketball, same for volleyball, but that got scrapped today as well. And to talk about that unfortunate news is the athletic director of the U of A Athletics, Ian Reed. Ian, uh, thank you very much for coming on Inside Sports on uh, what was a very tough day. Well, uh, thanks for talking to me. I, I obviously have exactly the same office set up as you, so I'm feeling kind of like we're in the brotherhood here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we got a brother and sisterhood because I think most of us are set up in offices or, you know, dining room tables or when it's nice outside on the patio or the deck. So, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, my office like yours is in uh, in, in the basement office. But uh, man, a, a, a tough day nine days ago. I mean, like I said, we had Chris Morris on the show and you could just hear the uh, disappointment in his voice. And the hope was to play a shortened season in the sports I mentioned. But uh, tell me what ultimately led to the decision. And, you know, we pretty much have, can figure out uh, what what the decision or why the decision came to be. But I want to hear it out of your words or from your words. Uh, uh, the decision today to cut the to cut the, the school or the athletic calendar uh, and, and, you know, it might be a little bit early in the process to some people. But ultimately, what led that led up to the decision? Well, it really came down to money. Uh, you know, the budget at the University of Alberta has been hit very, very hard the last two years, and specifically the last year. Um, you know, then you uh, that, and that was a, a government cut, and and that's been right across the post-secondary sector in Alberta. So that that's been difficult. And then, uh, you know, when when things went online, uh, we lost the spring and summer fees because the students were not on campus to take advantage of uh, of the services we provide and so we lost that and we made some uh we made some changes at that time and then we've we've had another reduction in in revenue here just very recently and so uh you know we just had to make some decisions uh one of the decisions i guess could have been to gone out and try to raise the money or ask the alumni to support it and at this time that's just not uh not fair because 
um, we're going to need them to support us next year. And right now, all the fundraising's you know sort of gone away. Um, so you know, we had to make a decision. Uh, I think the main the decision basically was whether we cut programs, uh, which would have really long term implications, or whether we just uh, suspend operations in these sports for the winter season and uh, take this opportunity to get our budget back in order and get everything back to where it was and then we'll continue on in the fall of 2021 and we you know we did maintain our participation in sports that have single weekend championships and don't have a league schedule leading up to them because we think we can probably still maintain those so you know we, we made those decisions we we had the coaches talk to their athletes we've talked to the coaches extensively about it um you know they're not happy about it that's for sure and the student but the student athletes are some of them were looking at it as a season that wasn't really going to meet their expectations anyway and we're thinking about potentially sitting out for the year and uh, if that happened then would we even have full teams to compete uh, you know it was a very complicated situation yeah just sounds like the perfect storm uh, just arose for the uh, for the university unfortunately yeah you know it's uh there's been lots of perfect storms in our province uh in various <laughs> parts of our province in the last yes. while and we were just we were just another one when it comes to um, eligibility, has is that going to be a discussion? That uh, and right now, it's only the U of A that has decided to um, to not participate in the twenty twenty uh, in in the sports I mentioned in the upcoming season. Um, it, it is there going to be a discussion on the eligibility, or do we have to kind of wait to see if there's a ripple effect through? And I know you can't speak for Canada West, but is that something that you have to kind of wait and see what other teams do um, maybe in response to this. Cause there's, you know, U of A is not the only Alberta, uh, you know, university in, in, in the, in the province. So they have probably have to think about this as well, but is, is, is the uh, eligibility being talked about? Yeah, it certainly is being talked about both at the national level uh, and you know, at all the conference levels. It's been our position for several months now that once the, once the championships were cancelled, even back in the spring, it was our position that uh, everything from that point on through the next part of the year, because there was so much uncertainty that we should just immediately suspend all all uh, charging of eligibility for that whole next 12 months. And uh, that hasn't been agreed to by the governing bodies at this point, but that's been our position. And, and it's certainly mm-hmm. the position of many of the student-athletes that don't feel like they should uh, have to make that important life decision uh in such uncircumcised circumstances because we nobody really knows what's going to happen in the next six or eight months for sure and so by by withdrawing from the canada west schedule in the winter that'll mean that our student athletes will, will not have to be charged with eligibility and then they'll have some other easier decisions to make about what they want to do Ian Reed joining us, the athletic director for U of A Athletics uh, here on the 630 Chet Inside Sports, talking about uh, men's and women's hockey, basketball, and volleyball being uh, scrapped for the upcoming uh, athletic season. So unfortunately, that means there will be uh, it won't there won't be any athletics in the uh, in the U of A calendar this year. Um, when we had Chris Morris on last week, he said you know the, the, his plan was to practice and hopefully play some uh, maybe play some games. Is that what you're uh, hoping for? Uh, for every sport, especially with the three that uh, unfortunately will not be playing this year? Well, that's what we're hoping for. You know, we, we yeah. 
hoped that we would have an opportunity to play some significant exhibition schedules. Uh, you know, we'll we'll go back if those opportunities are there, and we'll we'll uh, try to get some some money from the university to to maybe backfill some of the money we've lost if those opportunities are, are there. We don't know that they'll be there, um, but we certainly want to, uh, you know, contribute to campus life and the Students' Union has been very supportive of uh, wanting us to, to, to do something on campus in the fall and in the winter to liven the place up like we always do. And so we certainly want to do that. Um, whether or not that'll be possible is, of course, no, nobody knows. But uh, it is our absolutely our goal to do some some neat and creative things if that's if that's possible now the u of a is not the only school athletically that's in this that's in this uh, predicament here but to the u of a specifically are you concerned that this could affect recruiting well we're concerned that it would affect recruiting for sure um but i you know there's, there's a point when you know you've got to decide what's the most important thing and right now the most important thing is our uh our long-term survival and we've been told that we we need to balance our budget and in order to play the role that uh to be responsible on campus that, that's what we need to do um you know i think our our reputation will withstand this i think and, and students will still want to come to the u of a it's a great university and the golden bears and pandas are great programs um i think i think there's an awful lot of other universities that are not in any better or even in worse shape than we are uh, so, uh, you know, I think when when recruits start looking around, they'll they'll see that in the long run, this is still one of the very best places to play university sport. I've seen uh, some scuttlebutt on but on social media, and I think it's more of a question than than you know this is going to happen. But I just want to put it to you, and I know this is very fresh and early, but um, do you have any concerns that uh, you will? have to cut programs or do you think that this move will preserve the athletic department going forward and and teams will be intact well our financial model is very solid uh, you know we we weren't relying uh to a huge extent on central university funding um we weren't relying right. completely on student fees we were we had a lot of revenue streams including our summer camps which we lost including all of our gate revenue which we would be losing uh, you know, a lot, a lot of sponsor programs and donor programs. So we, we had a very diversified base. And I still believe that that diversified base will be there and it'll save us. We've we've had a very strong support from the Students Union and the Grad Students Association. Even today we met with them and, you know, they uh, they understand the implications of, uh, of that student fee and how important it is. And and they have once again expressed their support. The, the university has expressed their support. We we frankly didn't go ask the university for money to allow us to compete in the winter because we felt like, you know, they're under enough pressure right now. And from a, mm -hmm. a long-term relationship perspective, it's better for us to to make this decision on our own and then uh, and, and sit down and start to negotiate for the fall of 2021. I don't anticipate cutting any programs. Excellent. Good stuff. Ian, uh, tough day today, but, uh, you know, I think it's been tough for this. Just just this accentuation is how tough it is for a, a lot of entities, a lot of people right now, and uh, the U of A is, is not immune to this. So tough decision today, but uh, I really appreciate your time as always. We really enjoy having you on the program, and I uh, hope to have you on again when we can talk about uh, 
you know, more more positive news, let's just say. <laughs> thanks. Well, yeah, you know, and, and thanks for your support. And, and I, the last thing I'd want to say is, is I think that all of our coaches and student athletes and all of our students have to remember that there's an awful lot of people in society that have it a lot harder than we do. And, uh, you know, yeah. we just have to suck it up and, and do the best we can. And remember that, that we're, we're not the worst off. Thanks a lot. Stay healthy and safe out there, Ian. Okay, thanks. Bye. That's Ian Reed, athletic director for University of Alberta Athletics. The uh, winter uh, sports, uh, hockey, basketball, volleyball, who were hoping to have truncated seasons beginning after January. Um, and it'll be, they'd be very short seasons, uh, but the programs have been cut, citing, um, let's just uh, go off of what Ian has said, and the uh, Alberta government's requirement that universities balance their budget, require reduced expenditures, reduction of student fees, and combine for a worst-case scenario. So, and we had Chris Morris on last week, and he said, if you don't have school fees, it's you don't make any money, and they are dependent on the school fees. They are dependent on fundraising. They are dependent on their dinner. They are dependent on the 50-50 program. And there's uh, from the Eskimos, which you know, won't really be there, or if at all this year. So I, I don't think this is... Uh, hard to understand i think this is pretty straight and narrow why this is happening and you have a, a reduction of of students in school reduction of fees you have covid 19 that has affected uni the university and you have the government cuts already that were affecting the university so um it's just reality and i think it's straight as an arrow so that's how it is that's unfortunate and uh, hopefully they can get back to practicing hopefully they can get back to some sort of non-conference play exhibition play and it's good at least right now today ian is saying that no programs will be cut that they're in pretty good financial stead but you know if they go ahead and ask for more money within the university then that's hurting the university as a whole so uh the university athletic department says we're going to just take a pause and Hopefully come back in 2021-2022. Back in a moment. Don't forget... 6.30 Chet Mornings beginning at 5.30 a.m. Are you concerned about your money situation as we head into the dog days of summer and months following? Chelsea and Shay welcome a finance expert tomorrow on 6.30 Chet Mornings. Kellen Kennedy, I want to ask you this question because I just saw it off Twitter, and Twitter uh, occasionally is a good place to get uh, uh, some good thought starters. And also so a bad place too, but... Uh... This is... Um, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. We found a, a silver lining here, I think. If 2020 was an athlete, who would it be? Oh, wow. That's a that's a mind-bender right there, isn't it? 2020 was an <laughs> athlete. It'd have to be somebody... Now, the one... It'd have to be somebody very enigmatic. It'd have to be somebody very mysterious, have kind of a mysterious vibe to them. Um, I'm going to say well, Dennis Rodman, uh, he... man. I'm going to say 2020 uh, you know is Dennis I Rodman. Thought of, I, th I thought of the worm as well. I thought of Dennis Rodman, especially going back to uh, watching The Last Dance and mm -hmm. his antics. Uh, rather <laughs> entertaining and suspect an uh, 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 antics. Uh, here's some responses off of that uh, question. Uh, okay. Even though this one is not a real athlete, Ricky Bobby. Okay, sure. <laughs> Eddie the Eagle. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Jack Cust falling on, down on the base paths. Okay, that predates um, me, I think. <laughs> some CFL quarterback who I won't name. I don't know what that is. Um, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they just won a World Series. We can't really say that anymore. Yeah, that's the thing is that they've they've bought themselves ten years after winning the World Series. So, uh, what else here? Jameis Winston. Ooh. Patrick Stefan. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I think we found the winner, man. We found the winner. Sean right. Avery. Okay. We found yeah. the winner. I was thinking Avery too. I, I I like my choice of Rodman just a little bit more, but but Avery, yeah, I could see Sean Avery. He again, it's yeah. gotta be somebody enigmatic, kinda has a mysterious vibe about them because it's the whole deal of lift this year, right? So Yeah. No question. Uh, you can text in at six. Uh, I did it again almost. I didn't read the whole thing, though. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. I have a son in university on a varsity team wondering if the factor that no in-class university is happening, that's why athletes not living in Edmonton move here for school. Well, that could be as well. I mean, they don't have to move here, right? It's a sad situation for sure. Yeah, it's too bad. So no U of A athletics here for this season. They are planning on being back for a 2021-2022 season. WHL expected to announce that they are targeting October 2nd as their start date to the new season. Major League Baseball proposing 60 games in 70 days, season starting around uh, July 19th, 20th, full prorated salary, expanded playoffs from 10 to 16, waiving of all potential grievances. The players are now saying, well, this is a proposal, not not an actual deal. Uh, players, let me remind you that Rob Manfred could slap a 50-game schedule and mandate you to play. So there you go. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll be joined by Patrick Cassidy, owner of the Edmonton Prospects. He's got plans uh, for a nice stadium in Spruce Grove. So we'll talk to you tomorrow for studio producer Kellen Kennedy. My name is Dave Campbell. Adler's up next. Time for me to go upstairs, tuck the kids into bed, and kiss them goodnight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.